What's going on, guys? I am very excited to announce that Philly Sports Trips is now the official travel partner of the You Know Ball podcast. The biggest reason why I've partnered with Philly Sports Trips is really simple. I give them my money. I have a mini vacation that involves the Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies, and I don't have to lift a finger to plan anything. I can party as light as I want or as hard as I want, and Philly Sports Trips takes care of everything that I hate. The planning, the organizing, researching where to go, and I get a five-star hotel, non-crazy flight schedules, and tailgates that have unbelievable food and booze, and most importantly, it's a douchebag-free zone. These are just some of the many reasons that I am excited to partner with Philly Sports Trip. I can't wait to go on a Sixers trip next season, and Uniball is absolutely going on the road to at least one Eagles game. So let me know which Eagles game you would want to go to, and I would love to do a huge Uniball road trip. Out of all the cities, I'm thinking New York or Chicago, but I want to know what you guys think as well. So tweet at me, at TrailBroDude, DM me, comment on the YouTube, and let me know which Eagles game you guys think we should go as a group this season. Phillies and Eagles trips are booking right now. So head over to phillysportstrips.com and let them know that you know ball sent you for two very important reasons. Not only does it help fund the podcast, but we'll have VIP events and goodies specifically just for you know ball listeners. phillysportstrips.com, premium travel for every Philly sports fan and a proud sponsor of the you know ball podcast. What's going on guys? Welcome back to the you know ball podcast. I am your host Trill Bro Dude and after over a year, his absence was felt by many that listened to this podcast, but he is finally back. Mr. TKR, the Kevin Rice. What's going on, Kevin? Hi, Trill. Thanks for being my premiere back into the public space. <laughs> Had to put you, put you on blast here and bring you back for the draft mm. pod. Obviously, it's draft week, but we did have a massive slop drop today from Sham Sharania. Mr. 20 hours of screen time a day dropped a bomb and it was a big one. Uh, so Kyrie Irving, I needed oh, to have you, you were, on. I thought you were talking about the other one. What, talk- I forgot. I thought you were talking about PJ. <laughs> yes, PJ <laughs> Tucker. One. It is a big one. PJ Tucker opting out. 37-year-old PJ Tucker opting out of his $7.5 million contract. Yes, and the other one. That I shock, shock the NBA world. Yeah. Um, so Kyrie Irving is potentially moving on from the Brooklyn Nets, which is not really a surprise to me at all. Um, I had been hearing things. I think I talked about it on a podcast a month ago that I had heard that Kyrie and Katie weren't talking and Mm -hmm. now we're getting all of these rumors coming out. And finally, Shams kind of confirmed it today that the Knicks or the Lakers could be the team that Kyrie could leave to go to. Uh, so you want to, you want to hit us with your conspiracy theory that you dropped on me about a month ago at this point? Yeah, almost a month ago. It was mainly Ty Dalbert, our good friend, Ty Dalbert's, um, conspiracy that then we talked out and got further into it. So mid May, when it was like Kyrie, Katie aren't talking anymore. Ty just goes, Katie's a sixer easily. And then he started talking it out of the biggest point here being that Embiid is horrible jack dog shit at tampering. So they needed to bring in Harden to start tampering. Because Embiid, I don't know what Embiid wanted. Embiid couldn't get Justin Anderson back here. So, like, True. either he's not interested or he just does not want to do it. So Embiid's horrible at tampering. Maury and Harden, great at it. Fantastic at it, obviously. So they can bring KD in. So you have the way in. You just needed the way to get KD out. 
Kyrie not talking to him. Katie knows he's not the guy anymore. He's getting older. He couldn't be. He got swept by the Celtics through whatever, but he's still Kevin Durant. He can't do it with a guard. He can't do it with two guards. He could do it with a guard and a center. So there's your enticement to get KD here. Uh, he owns part of the Philadelphia Union. Why not be closer to your team, your town? Shout out my roommate, Addison Hunsker, your team, your town, Philadelphia Union, out in Chester County. Same difference. And the last <laughs> kicker is, isn't KD a crypto guy? Or at least yeah. a... Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that he invests in things. So I'm assuming, yeah. sure, why not? So him and Daryl can talk shop, you know, wherever they want to. But wow. I mean, all things, all things point to KD being a sixer in my mind. <laughs> you you messaged me this like a month ago, and I was like, no, yeah. you're not coming on the podcast and saying that. And now we have we have at least some breadcrumbs that yeah. could well, potentially he was also, lead people to. Were, yeah. People were talking about him wanting to be a Raptor because that was Vince Carter was his favorite growing up, but I forget who said that was her. Uh, Raptor who... Raptors fans are legitimately yeah. yeah, maybe they're they're gaslighting me into thinking that's what was real. But so we're saying this came... all with a sense of irony. They have zero yeah. sense of irony when they say these things. Well, someone also said that Katie's way too online to go to the Raptors because he definitely sees Raptors Twitter. Like he knows what's going on. It's he true. It's they're... true. Yeah. Psycho. So, I mean, the only only other team left is the Sixers, really. Yeah. I mean, can't go, can't about go it. back west. He won't, Steph better, sadly. He won't go back west to face Steph. 100%. No. Stay in the east. He won't go to Boston. He won't do that, I hope. No. Um, the only yeah, team so, that would be really scary and shitty would be if he went to Miami. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, or, uh, honestly, well, if, KD goes, if KD goes to the Heat, then Jimmy's a Sixer. Yeah, I mean, you got that's the thing. It's like the, the Nets aren't going to move on from Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant extended thinking that James Harden and Kyrie Irving were going to yeah. extend when mm-hmm. he extended with the Brooklyn Nets last year. And there was an article that came out in The Athletic like like just before the season when there were whispers about Harden. Like It was when KD extended. Mm-hmm. And it someone brought up this article today, and it was – James Harden is not going to extend it. He's going to he's gonna get out of Brooklyn. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving will be shortly following after that, and Kevin Durant shortly following after that. I was like, holy fucking shit. I mean, at what? this point, no. at this point, like, the whole Kyrie thing, first off, it's literally the Lindsay and Tobias Funke meme that I posted on Twitter <laughs> yeah, after, the... like... Oh, yeah, no, it never works. These people somehow dilute themselves into thinking that signing Kyrie Irving could potentially work. Like, if you're the Lakers and the Knicks, okay, so the Knicks, no, don't do it. Like, I understand you want to be brought back to relevance. I understand that, like, mm-hmm. you're trying to get stars in the building and back to the garden and don't go after yeah. Kyrie. Like, no. you have you have something, like, I, I don't think that any of their young guys are, like, amazing, but at least, like, you're building something. Building I like RJ. Something. I like RJ. Sure. And Mitrov's good. Yeah, I think they have a bunch of fine young players. I don't think any of them are like for future superstars, but mm-hmm. I think they're all like solid to good. And yes. and then you have the 11th pick in this draft. You have all this financial flexibility. Throwing it out the window to bring in fucking Kyrie Irving, who is now on his third team that he could potentially destroy <laughs> in like six years. Like I just... If I'm the Knicks, I'm staying. I'm staying way, way far away from that. 
The Lakers, on the other hand... <laughs> That's such a Lakers thing. That is such a Lakers thing for multiple reasons. One, you have the narrative of LeBron... And Kyrie, Kyrie getting, yeah, needing Kyrie <laughs> and Kyrie needing LeBron and yeah. all that. And apparently he has come out and said, like, you know, like, I wish things ended differently in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Had I known what I'd known, me and LeBron have a great relationship now and all this shit. Yeah. And on top of that, I do think the fact that the Lakers are stuck with the Russell Westbrook thing. Even when Russell Westbrook's contract expires after the season, they don't want to give up picks to get off of it because they're just no. being stubborn about it. Yeah. And they are stuck because even if, and I know I've said this a hundred times about the Lakers before, and they always seem to fucking find their way out of it. The heat and the Lakers always just. I wonder how LeBron yeah. and Rich Paul find their way out of it. I wonder how the Lakers as a organization <laughs> yeah, find their way. They're in Los Angeles. They have history, all that shit. So, uh, but my whole point on this is like with the Russ stuff, like even when Russ leaves, they're not going to have a route to cap space because LeBron's going to make so much money and Anthony Davis mm -hmm. is going to make so much money that like, unless they cut literally everyone else on the team and like stars don't reach free agency anymore. Like none of the stars no. that we thought were going to be free agents this summer are going to be free agents. Levine's going back. Beal's going back. Like it is yeah. now to the point where getting a guy like Kyrie, I think I said this before, like the Lakers are the only option that makes sense. And it's probably, there's no way that KD would ever allow Russ to go to Brooklyn. If he's staying there though, I just can't picture that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be. So what I just thought of is if Kyrie goes to LA or if he, if he goes to LA before that, he's kind of the greatest sixer ever. He like sabotaged Boston when it looked like Boston was going to be insane. He sabotaged the Nets, who arguably had the greatest offense of all time. The Sixers didn't capitalize at all, but <laughs> he's the greatest Sixer. He's the greatest Raptor. The greatest Heat ever. He so now he can go be he can go Bucks be the legend. greatest Spur. I don't know. Kyrie Kyrie Irving, Bucks legend, helped them get to legend, yeah. <laughs> sprains his ankle, helped them win their first title in forever. Uh, I mean, like. I, I look at it like it's the Lakers or no one because there's no yeah. other team that is psychotic enough to look at Kyrie Irving and go, yeah, we could fix him. Because <laughs> yeah, none of these, like the Thunder aren't going to do it, even with no. that, like insane picks, they're smarter than that, I think. And they have Shea. Shea the Pistons, better is going to be the next one. The Pistons might yes. be dumb enough, but I don't. Also, not. Kyrie has to want to go there. And that's why yeah, New true, York, definitely. that's why New York and LA are the two markets that he's mm -hmm. looking at right now. Cause the only time he's ever had a choice where he went, he chose New York. So he's going to yeah. either go to the Knicks, the Clippers or the Lakers. And I think the Clippers are like, like they have, they have all these wings. They are just an entire team of wings, Reggie yeah. Jackson and Zubach and Hartenstein. Hartenstein. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of their team is just two threes and fours that are all switchable that can shoot past their mm -hmm. good Good players. They're building something there. They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're not going to trade for him. Even Steve Ballmer, no. who's like the fucking <laughs> has movie movie villain money, like is not going to fucking go out there and get Kyrie. So it really mm -hmm. just comes down to is LeBron desperate enough? Does Steph winning a fourth title make LeBron desperate enough to just be like, yeah, no, we, we have to get Kyrie. This is our, and like from a talent standpoint, of course, but how many times are we going to do this with Kyrie and the super teams? I don't like, it just has to be the last go around. And if they, if he goes to LA and fails with LeBron after like 
Do you remember the story of when Kyrie was on Cleveland, forced his way out to get to Boston? He was filming um, Uncle Drew, mm-hmm. and he got traded during filming, and everyone was like, Kyrie, that's like the happiest I've ever seen him. He was dancing around like the the set and everything to get out of Cleveland to go to Boston, and then that, where, you know, Boston didn't work, Brooklyn didn't work. Right. He goes back to like LeBron and LA. That would be such a story arc for him, I think. But I, someone asked, um, when the Ben stuff was happening, would you rather have Harden or Kyrie? And like basketball wise, age wise, like in a vacuum, it's Kyrie, but not outside the vacuum where it's just sort of, and I'll never know what's going on inside guys' heads. I don't like to judge them or anything, but like you never know with Kyrie, like what's going to happen if he's going to not play, if he's going to, there's going to be a monkey pox vaccine that he won't take. You know? <laughs> he's get, so is he going to retire? Like that was like, good. yeah. <laughs> as much as people hate on Harden, there's no one out there that's like, yeah, Harden's just gonna retire. There's a possibility when you get this guy, he's gonna just retire in a few months. Yeah. Like Kyrie yeah. is the only player in the NBA where if you acquire him, he might just be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm actually Ben Simmons, yeah. but but also yeah. Kyrie. It's Ben and yeah. Kyrie. The Nets somehow collected both of them. But you yeah. know, I, I do think it is uh it is kind of poetic if Kyrie does end up leaving the Nets that we had to hear about this perfect situation for Ben Simmons for so many months now about how he was, he wasn't going to have to worry about scoring. He was going to have two of the best scorers of all time, all this shooting around him. And he would just be able to focus on doing what he does best. And And, now it's Claxton better. And now it's, he's the second guy there. Like, unless they figure out a way to get rid of Kyrie and get another star in there, Ben's the second guy, and we've seen what happens when Ben's the second guy. And by the way, Kevin Durant is not peak Kevin Durant anymore. So no. best of luck is all I'm going to say there. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck to the Brooklyn Nets. I really hope nothing goes wrong with the Brooklyn Nets situation. No. It'd be <laughs> horrible. Never want to do that. It'd be, be absolutely horrible if the uh, – Nets just, you know, went under as a franchise. And uh, I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of just per, it's just kind of poetic because I, by the way, I never bought that whole, like they were building a culture with D'Angelo Russell and Karis Levert. And, and then I'm like, that team no. sucked. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, like they yeah, had like, one no. like fiery win in Philly in the playoffs. And then it was yeah. like, they just, they stink. Oh no, they're not good at all. You shouldn't worry about that at all. What you you built that culture to get the guys like Katie and Kyrie. I totally yeah. understand that element of it. But as it is just funny to see the the gentrification franchise, the team that was literally built on gentrification yeah. and just moving into Brooklyn unwanted is yep. now is now you know having all this backfire. Them. And yeah, yeah. For the second time in a decade, they have traded away all of their picks. Houston is looking really fucking smart right now. The first yeah. episode of my podcast is going to age horribly because on the first episode, I was just like, what the fuck are the Rockets doing? Well, turns out betting well, the on... Only thing, the only thing they did wrong was gave up Jared Allen for... Nothing. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was too- yeah. I think I did mention that on the podcast too. I was like, is it Jared Allen really good? Like, why did they just like not want to keep him? Uh, but yeah, that 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 part aside... They were smart enough to be like, "Oh right, Kyrie Irving just destroys teams within like two years." We just and, and we know James isn't gonna stick around. He's leaving here right now when things went bad. So, shout out to them for that. Uh, speaking of the f- former Houston Rockets, former Harden Maury guys, 
PJ Tucker opted out. The big news that we mentioned earlier, PJ yes, Tucker yes. Uh, opts out of his $7.5 million contract. And why this is important to the Sixers is because I, they're, they're speaking of like a trail of breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid mentions PJ Tucker's toughness at the press conference after they lose game six. He talks about like mm-hmm. his mental toughness, his physical toughness. Dancing he around, pop- just calling him a dog. Basically. And then he wants yeah. it more. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. he knows ball. Uh, so oh, wait, wrong Keith Pompey, <laughs> Keith Pompey, uh, comes out and, and mentions PJ Tucker as a potential target and free agency. And I'm like, maybe there's something here. He opts out today. They basically come out and say, you know, he, he, he was going to opt out anyway, because he can get mm-hmm. a raise from Miami for next year at yeah. worst case scenario. For him, he could get an $8.5 million contract instead of a $7.5 million contract. Okay, but why does this concern the Sixers? So we learned that James Harden, last week, we learned he's going to opt in, which means that the Sixers do not have a clear route to the full MLE, which would probably be what they would need, that $10 million to mm-hmm. get P.J. Tucker to come to Philly to potentially be the starting three or four or however they would go about that. So You know, or El- Elton wants him running the point. Of course. I mean, yeah. honestly, El- Elton's, dr- Elton's dreams might come true. Tobias might slide back down to the three. We, <laughs> Although Ma- he might have to cut Max. Yeah, he's, he's going to cut Max. <laughs> he needs like, a big guard. They're going like, to draft Roddy or Liddell and just start him at point guard. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not even joking about oh, that. Yeah, that, no, would be, just, that would be absolutely I was just sick. thinking of big boys. <laughs> Kenneth Lofton Jr. is the new po- starting point guard for the Sixers next year. Oh, um, I have a good okay. one. Ben Simmons, starting point guard for the Philadelphia. Oh, that would be brilliant. Yeah, I heard he's available. Make that know. happen, yeah. Um, so, so they might get the idea behind them getting PJ Tucker in order to get to that number, to get to that MLE number that they could afford it. They would basically have to go away from the idea that they had of taking the 23rd pick and including it with mm-hmm. Danny Green uh, in a trade because they would have to get back too much salary in that circumstance. So they'd have to cut Danny Green uh, because he has a non-guaranteed contract next year. And then they would have to salary dump Furkan Korkmaz mm-hmm. to basically any team that would take him for free. A team with cap space or a team like the Indiana Pacers that were interested in him and might be mm-hmm. moving Brogdon and Turner and then from there, if they shed all of that salary, they should be able to m- make some other moves and get to the point where they can sign P.J. Tucker to the MLE. My big fear with this is that they're going to do this, and then P.J. Tucker is going to come here and be completely cooked. Wow. Because he's, he's not going to have the HGH from Pat Riley that he had this year to have a little bit of a, an offensive revitalization mm-hmm. in his game. And he's going to have Doc Rivers coaching him. <laughs> He'll be 37 years old next year, going on 38. In the playoffs, he will be 38 years old. And I watched Chris Paul's soul die when he turned 38 years old in the playoffs. And other than that, I can't think of a single player since, like, maybe Tim Duncan that played at the, deep into the playoffs at 38 years old. Like, LeBron's 37 right now. Yeah. So, and just like, Tim Duncan, you know. <laughs> like, do you have any interest in P.J. Tucker, or are you just, yeah. like – you do. You still do. I do. <laughs> Not for the money, but like, 
like if, if the money was different, I'd have more of an interest. But just to have that spirit on the bench and like, because the Sixers have no dogs, they have like no one who just besides like Maxi sort of, but no one who will like get after the other team. George Niang talks a lot of shit, but like George Niang could be your seventh or eighth guy, but not your sixth man. But besides Niang, they don't really have anyone who will just like go at someone, which is something I miss. <laughs> Yeah, had the Mike Scott year where that was awesome. Yeah, Justin Anderson. Covington would go at people every once in a while. Dario would unintentionally score when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> so there's not that, like, like self-made underdog mentality the Sixers have that they sort of need, I feel like. They I do mean, have the best player in the world. He would definitely bring an element of toughness for sure. And I, mm-hmm. think, that, I think that that does matter somewhat. But I also yeah. think that you're 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 pushing a little bit i've never been the biggest pj tucker guy i do think that he would be a nice danny green replacement for sure someone who can play good defense who can hit corner threes who honestly probably even at his age has more definitely has more off the dribble juice than dan than danny does i mean danny's just completely useless when he puts the ball on the floor and you know PJ, he had the, he he brought the finger roll game back this year. He was really good in, from the mid range because of that. He was he was playmaking off the short roll, like mm-hmm. like he he definitely expanded to his offensive game. Which, if I felt like he could come here and for at least one year, could be healthy and not washed, he would be kind of an ideal fit. Yeah. Like I thought, the year the Bucks got him, that was like the PJ Tucker you would have wanted the take a swing on like this but i don't know about 37 38 year old pj tucker yeah. and it worked out for the bucks obviously but. yeah obviously i mean honestly it worked out for the heat too the heat yeah. got to the conference finals like all things considered pj tucker just he fits with a lot of good teams yeah he he, he has now been on what four conference finalists four conference final four or five conference finalists one finals team won the finals mm-hmm. Like yeah. he, he has been an important part of a lot of good teams and I don't want to undersell his value in that. He'd regard. also be the perfect replacement because Danny Green's also the only winner on the Sixers. It's true. <laughs> so PJ being a winner would be a great kind of slide in for that. Yeah. And also he wears really cool clothes. He can maybe, he can maybe teach Maxi how to become like a fashionista. <laughs> there you would, go. Which would be really great for his brand. We could just mm-hmm. take, take it up another level maybe make yeah. some like really cool stylized maxi better sadly shirts and stuff we don't could go from like cutie pie to like at 20 <laughs> is he 21 right now 21 year old cutie pie to like 23 year old hot guy yeah exactly he could level yeah. up pj tucker mm-hmm. teaching the sixers young players how to win and also how to be hot yeah the sex appeal is just dropped <laughs> the sixers. sexers would be back sexers, Actually, well i hope oh, that was a failure <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking myself back into PJ Tucker right now. But honestly, <laughs> I I do think that I do think that if if PJ Tucker hits the free agent hits free agency and the Sixers make a move on draft night to move off of Furkan Korkmaz, then I think that it's kind of phoned in what's going to happen here. And also, mm-hmm. the the bright side of that is like. Who knows what Thibel's value is? Maybe, maybe there's a team out there that's just like, yeah, we want Thibel, and like we'll send back a player that makes a similar amount of 
amount of money. We've talked about a few of yeah. them. Um, you know, PJ Washington, someone like that. Can we trick a team into taking Thibel and getting yeah. back a, a like a legit like starter level guy? And mm-hmm. if you were able to do that, then PJ Tucker, like you said, being like the sixth or seventh man. And yeah, then you don't on- want to start. Yeah, you don't want to start PJ. Yeah. Well, he was starting. He was starting for the Heat. I mean, Mm -hmm. and also, I do just want to say, because the fact that they have three legit shot creators, and like honestly, Tobias, even like as an individual shot creator, like is you know would to be the fourth best shot creator in the starting lineup, and then have PJ Tucker as like the fifth guy. I think that could totally work offensively, and I think Mm -hmm. defensively, if PJ isn't cooked next year he could be that stopper guy that like you could put on the other team's best wing which is yeah. something this team will desperately desperately need to at least so, slow them down because he won't be exactly. in a lockdown feature but it'll at least like get into him and for sure i'm talking yeah. i also in my trans in my um time off the public space i've transformed into a like my big board i did this year i'm only doing eye tests <laughs> i'm a no more numbers guy no more analytics no, no more no, numbers fun. No, I'm with Nothing you. to do with why I was off or anything. I was just I liter- like, I'm coming back. I just want to watch. I literally am. I don't even look at analytics anymore. I only, so. except for when we do the trade machine thing, because it has the LeBron statistic in there. And I like to laugh at how bad certain players are. <laughs> like the, the last episode, Terrence Ross was a minus 4.5 on his yeah. LeBron, which was the lowest I've ever seen. But yeah, yeah. generally speaking, don't look at that. But on, from an eye test perspective, if PJ Tucker isn't washed, Still one of the better wing defenders in the NBA at his age. Will muck shit up. Um, the big thing with him is, like, he he defends Giannis really well. He defends Durant really well. Like, there are guys that you could mm-hmm. you could put him on, and he could at least do a capable job um, if he's not totally cooked. So I have a I – have a, uh, I forget how much money Terrence Ross makes, but would you swap – because we know the Terrence Ross lore. Would you swap Matisse for Terrence Ross? No, <laughs> I would rather have Matisse than Terrence Ross. I and I am very low on Thibel, as everyone knows. Yeah. But I, I, I just think that Terrence Ross is completely terrible. I think he's one of the worst players in the NBA. I just mm-hmm. think, I just think, like for what the Sixers need, especially like we need w- athletic wings that can defend and shoot and do. Yeah, <laughs> Terrence Ross can't athletic defend. Wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't shoot. No. He he's an overrated shooter, I should say. He has horrible yeah. shot selection. He can't really defend. He also makes like twelve million dollars a year. Like I, I yeah, I, totally. I, I'm I'm to, I would be totally fine with keeping Thibel and playing him spot minutes as like the eighth or ninth man mm-hmm. instead of going after a guy like Terrence Ross. But but my whole point on this was like if you bring in PJ, you get rid of Cork Moss. You bring in PJ, you can somehow turn Thibel into another rotation player that's like a legit contributor i mean uh keith pompey said in his article that uh they wanted an andrew wiggins level contributor and i'm like yeah let's get that out of our brain because that's yeah. never ever gonna happen sixers need steph curry like a steph curry kind of guy <laughs> why don't we just trade thibel for jason tatum actually jason tatum was terrible in the final so never mind his value is you'd rather have you'd rather have no his value's down just get I'd some rather... salary filler with matisse maybe throw tobias in there no, Tobias hasn't no. lost in the finals ever. Exactly. I'm roll. I'm rolling with Toby, baby. He's a winner. He's a winner. You hear that, um, Brad? What's his name? Brad Stevens. <laughs> Forgot he that's existed right. for a little bit. Yeah, he's. Oh, did you long. did you see Hustle? 
I my roommate literally just texted me asking if I want to watch it tonight. Okay, so, so I have not yet. No, I'm not gonna. Also, I'm gonna ruin, turn a light on real quick. I'm not gonna ruin anything dark. for you. Yeah, yeah, turn your light on, dude. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, we'll go to commercial <laughs> right now. <laughs> I was trying to buy time. The sun set so quickly. Um, so I I know so you've not seen Hustle, but Brad I Stevens. Know, like what happens? Yeah, Brad Stevens is the worst actor of all time. Like you will watch it and be like. You didn't want to take multiple takes on this one, Brad. It is the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. To the point where Doc's in it for like five seconds, and Doc's mm-hmm. acting is like fucking out prime Al Pacino compared to fucking <laughs> how bad Brad Stevens is as an actor. It's it's truly a horrendous acting uh, scene, a small scene wow. in there, but I had to throw that in there. Um, nice. But I saw a bunch of stuff about Ant just being like the best actor of all time. Oh yeah. Did you see the, 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 the one about? Yeah. Did you see the one about him getting the dunk blocked? That Andy has to Edwards. be one of my favorite. Yeah, because there I haven't seen it. There's a scene where Wancho has to, or what's his name, Bo, Bo has Cruz, to block. dude, come Bo on. Cruz has to block an ant dunk, and Sandler said when they were filming it, Anthony Edwards was like, "No, you have to rewrite this. Like, I'm not getting my dunk blocked." <laughs> And they like ended up doing it, and Wancho was trying to block it, and he was like, "Ant was dunking the ball so hard, like I thought he was gonna break the ball." And he's like, "Ant, you have to let me block you." And he's like, "There's no way I'm letting that happen." So they did, was it included perfect. in the film? I can't even remember. I don't know yet. Oh yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I honestly can't think of. Maybe I'm just misremembering off the top of my head, but I cannot remember. Maybe he literally forced them out of it. That's such an alpha move. <laughs> These are the the things that I didn't know about Anthony Edwards pre-draft that I wish I knew now because I would have been so much higher on him pre. I he was one of my misses of guys. I was like, I don't really get it with him. Like I see the athleticism, but it doesn't really sound like he likes basketball all that much or care. Like he seems like he's just really talented. And now I hear about him and I'm like, oh, you're actually he's cool as shit like and you, literally should be the face of the league in three yes. years he's awesome he <laughs> rocks perfect. i totally love him. he he had an interview through the the cycle for hustle where he talked about how like basically when he worked out for the warriors steve kerr was like yeah you need to just stop fucking around dude like you need to take this shit seriously and he's like and from that point on i took it really seriously so steve kerr i mean at least the warriors did did the uh timberwolves a favor in some way after taking Andrew Wiggins and giving them D'Angelo Russell and uh, winning a title with him, it's the least they could do. Yeah, they got him, Ant. I don't even know what we were talking about before that. I just love Ant. Talking about Ant. Oh, he's the king. I love him. Yeah. He's the goat. Uh, all right. So, last thing before we move on to draft stuff. Miles Bridges, Max Rumor. So, basically, Miles Bridges won to Max from the Charlotte Hornets because mm-hmm. – Charlotte Hornets, who wants to live in yeah. Charlotte? I mean, he's like a cool rapper and like does. Like, You're saying meet. that? <laughs> well, I think he's a bad rapper, but I okay. think like he's objectively speaking, like it has the he wants culture. to live a rapper lifestyle and like drink lean and post it on Instagram and stuff like he, he did the <laughs> other day. Um, and listen, you know, play microwave beats and then rap really like about the NBA. On them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in a really like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he 
basically once a max and Charlotte is probably only going to offer something in like the 20 to $25 million range, which I think is an appropriate number mm-hmm. for a guy like Miles Bridges. Like, I think he's a good yeah. player. I don't think he's like a great player by any means. Yeah. And you have to think about the fact that like, if, if you're Charlotte, who cares? You're Charlotte, just give him the fucking money. Cause you're yeah. Charlotte. But uh, so there's two angles to this. One, why don't they just, I don't even know if it's legal. I haven't looked into it yet, but like, why don't they just do an Aiton for Bridges swap? Aiton for Bridges. Would the Suns do that? Ah, I guess if they wanted to get value for Aiton. Like, Miles took that pretty big step forward this year, but I think he's still just sort of a fine player. But I feel like he could trick a team, if it's Charlotte, to paying him into the max just because he had that sort of big leap. He's good friends with LaMelo. He has that, the brotherhood in Charlotte. Yeah, Aiton for Bridges. I don't know. I don't know if the Suns would do that. I feel like the Suns Suns are cheap. They'd have Mikael and Miles. Okay, they'd have Mikael and Miles. That's what I'm saying. You got the Bridges brothers, Mikael and Miles, not actually related. But you could have, like, if your whole thing is you don't want to pay a sender, you're going to have to pay someone. Like Mm -hmm. you might as well just pay a hyper athletic wing and overpay him. And then you have, at least you can sell that to your fans. Like who are they going to get like Clint Capella or Yusuf Nurkic? Like, like they're the guys that are being thrown out in trades Mm -hmm. for eight and in a sign in trade is like, if I was a Suns fan, I would be really pissed. I would be like, (laughs) why are we doing this? Like I, I, I understand the theory behind not paying a center, but also, like, we just drafted this guy number one over Luca a few years ago, and now you want to get rid of him for Clint Capella, who, yeah. like, use a similar type player, but is also, like, significantly older and has a bunch of injury problems. And, like, my, my whole thing on this is, like, there has to be some sort of way that the Suns can get back decent value. And maybe Miles Bridges, where it's just, like, each team doesn't really value the other one. The, mm-hmm. the biggest thing about this is that Aiton would have to want to go to Charlotte. And with Kenny Atkinson backing out yeah. from the job after Charlotte got cheap, basically, is what they've mm-hmm. said. And, and the Warriors were like, we'll just pay you more money to do less things here. And he was <laughs> like, that sounds good. <laughs> with another championship, why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. It sounds great. And so I, I my whole thing on this is like, there has to be some sort of move because like, if Charlotte's going to cheap out on this and the Suns are going to cheap out on this, why don't they just switch the two guys? I just think it makes sense. I could see it. I just don't know how well Miles would fare in Fiend. I'm just trying to think of like a scenario where he is like maximized. Because if you have CP, and maybe I'm forgetting about someone. like who CP, would... Booker, Bridges... Booker, Bridges, Bridges. So you have both then, Bridges brothers starting and then just random center. Who yeah, cares? So. Just throw in a like random center. Yeah. Is JaVale back with them? I think that would work. He is. Yeah, yeah JaVale. And then you could still have Cam Johnson and Crowder and like all those mm-hmm. guys coming off the bench. Like they'd be kind of a deep team. Like mm-hmm. I don't hate the idea. I just don't think that it works in this world because Robert Sarver's really, really cheap. And obviously yeah. that's why this whole thing has just happened but yeah last thing if the hornets came to you and they said we don't want to max miles bridges 
we don't want to pay him this long-term money. That's their concern. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily that like we got to pay him $30 million and then it goes up from there. And by the end of the contract, it's a lot of money. But what if they're like, we just don't want to go five years out max contract mm-hmm. on a guy we don't think is a max contract player. Mm-hmm. What if he, what if they went to Daryl Morey and they said, Tobias has only got two years left. We want Thibel. We want the 23rd pick and we want one of your other prospects and we'll sign and trade you miles bridges. And you have to max miles bridges for five yeah. years. Oof. I don't know if I would do that because you get off the Tobias, but if you have two years left at Tobias, I feel like you can get trick the Kings or someone to getting a better haul. I think it would be an upgrade, but I don't think I would do it. Athletically, athletically, it would be a massive upgrade to go they from. At least have some somebody who can jump off the ground more than thirty inches. Right, and I'm not even the biggest Miles Bridges fan, and I would not max yeah. him by any means. I don't think I would pay him more mm-hmm. than twenty five million dollars, unless I thought that he was going to be like one of those guys that like is like a Zach Levine type, who like by the time they're twenty five, they're like they're getting better every single year, and like yeah, he got better, but his shooting fell off a little bit this year. Yeah, and. I think his defense has gotten better and all of that shit. But like my whole thing is like, if, if that were the offer, I mean, it might not be the worst idea in the world to just be like, yeah. fuck it, fuck it. This is our going, going all in move because at least athletically you would then have two guys in maxi and bridges that you could put around in beat and harden. That would literally just run around, fuck shit up, run out in yeah. transition, catch lobs, like, do all the hustle shit that you're missing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I think I had a drafted tweet that I never tweeted of like, the Sixers have, I'm going to be fat phobic. The Sixers are just too many fat guys. They need some fucking freaks in there just to like, do. I'd like, that's why I really like Tari. I know you're really high right. on him. Just to get someone that's just like a psycho just in yeah. there, just to do anything, just to sort of have that like, because I feel like, who am I thinking of? Kind of like Wiggins, but sort of like a like Tatum just dives around on the floor. Grant Williams, like those kind of guys in the Celtics who just kind of do those the little things to kind of just spark stuff. The Sixers don't have any of that. I guess getting I I guess getting Miles Bridges though would kind of not really solve that because he does feel like a guy who thinks he's like a superstar. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like literally, all you have on like transition. Like Thibel running in transition, I'm like, right. oh, this will be like a decent dunk, but like maybe, or he'll or he'll forget how to play basketball halfway through. Yeah. as long as you have to drill, he'll just run, just catch a lob. Like <laughs> they just lack that. And I'm speaking more in like terms of entertainment now. Like they just lack that sort of pizzazz. If you don't have Harden back at Harden, I mean, they had they had like the MVP this year and Embiid, which is awesome. But like besides right. that, you don't really have that sort of like. What am I talking about? Maxi's awesome. <laughs> I'm like talking myself <laughs> backwards right now. Like they don't have any entertainment. I'm like, wait, they have Embiid and Maxi and Harden. Um, they just, you know what I mean? They're lacking that like one or two guys who can just like be a like bounty hunter almost. Well, yeah, my whole and I don't thing, think that I don't think that's Bridges. My whole thing has been like, I'm now like when I thought about this for a little bit, like I was like I was selling myself on like he's really young and he's a wing and we need a wing and he's athletic and blah, blah. But I'm like, no, I'm not doing this again where I talk myself into like the quote unquote fourth star, especially one that's like a flawed player, like miles bridges where like, I would just rather go after the depth and like try to build a normal team around the three guys that we have 
and yeah. just build around their strengths and do get the guys that do the things that you're talking about, which is like the role player things. They're going to hustle for rebounds. They're going to, you know, like fucking get up and down the court. They're going to like do, do yeah. the things can that they, you... get, they fucking get back on defense. <laughs> Like once, all, all we need. Uh, I'm literally screaming at my television, "Get back!" And when they're yeah. when they're like complaining to the refs or whatever it is, like we just need we need like athletic dudes who can literally just fly around the court around them, yeah. but also guys like that will do the little things on the margins that will that like your stars one. aren't going to do. I have Ooh. one, Zaire Smith. Okay, all right. On to the next topic. Um, we will not be bringing up Zaire Smith on this <laughs> podcast. I, I simply refuse. I'm under um, contract. I had to probably him once. <laughs> all right. So he is playing in the basketball tournament this summer. So you'll be able to you watch are gonna him. You are going to talk about him. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you can check him out there. But we're going to talk about the NBA draft. So let's get into the draft. Uh, you know, obviously I've been going all in on the draft. And so – Recently, I've been thinking about how things are going to shake out because a few weeks ago we did the mock draft where we we did what we would do. So mm -hmm. basically, if we're picking for the teams, this is how we would do it. What me and mm -hmm. you are going to do is we're going to go through every pick in the lottery and we're going to pick what we think is going to happen with mm -hmm. these picks. So we're going to talk about the teams, how they think about the draft, who they generally like, where they could go on the board, all that shit, mm -hmm. whether they're going to keep the pick, trade the pick, whatever it is. So before we get into that, how would you rank the top four prospects in this class? Um, I would put Paulo and Chet firmly in tier one. Um, I've been able to say this, actually. Anyone who, think Chet, who thinks Chet is going to be bad is just a fucking idiot. He's yeah, no, very, he's very obviously going to be good. Anyone who's like, he's going to be playing overseas in two years. I'm like, who are you watching? This kid is like legit good. So Paulo and Chet, kind of interchangeable. I like Paulo more just aesthetically, but Same. they're tier one. Um, I'd go Ivy third, I think. Yeah. And then Jabari, I'd say. Jabari or Jalen Duran. But okay, it's cool. a Paulo, Chet, Ivy, and I'll say Jabari for shits and giggles. Yeah, I have the same four in the same order. So we're, we're in lockstep on that one. Uh, I, I agree. I also think I've, I talked about this on a podcast the other day. I feel like I feel like the Chet thing is like people are, are very obsessed with the ceiling and the idea of what Chet can be. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel as though he's actually going to have a really safe floor. Like, yeah, he's like, it's it's like the... at worst, he's going to be a good role player. That's at the very worst, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm very high up. Like, it's also yeah. the new build of, like, you have Chet, you have Mobley, and then Victor Wambayama coming next – or two seasons next season. That's, like, the new thing yeah. is just these sort of underweight, gigantic, really smart basketball players on both sides of the ball. Skilled, like, too, that's yeah. skilled, smart. Like, I don't know yeah. how you would pass on that. You know, we yeah. gain weight. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that Chet's kind of a no-brainer. I'm, I've thought about putting Ivy too. I really like Ivy, like to the point where mm -hmm. I think that of all the guys, if you're going to take an upside swing outside of like your top tier guys, I would definitely take that swing on Ivy more so than anyone else. I think that he, he has, has a decent yeah. chance to become like a le really legitimately great NBA player. Um, he's got a lot of uh, him equity of just yes, he's the guy. Exactly. He he, is, he is him. 
yeah. You know, his, yeah, his his pronouns and such. All right, so <laughs> he um all right, so we got that out of the way. So let's go number one pick. Who do you think is going to go here? Because for a while, all we've heard is Jabari, Jabari, Jabari. Then this week, it's starting to change up a little bit. Okay, maybe Chet's in the mix. Oh, mm-hmm. now Paulo, his yeah. his odds are rising. We don't know if that's because Orlando's going to trade back to Houston spot or Orlando just likes Paulo. And they're, they the, the problem with this draft, and actually one of the more exciting things with this draft, I should say, but uh, from a content standpoint, the, po- the problem is that the two teams picking at the top never leak. Houston leaks all the time. They leaked that they were going to take Jalen Green like a month before the draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. The OKC and Orlando, historically speaking, have never leaked. But I feel like with the first pick, like, I, I'm i not sure. Do you think they're going to go – who are they going to go with, Chet, Jabari, or Apollo? I think they're going to go Jabari still. Wow. I, I wish they didn't, but I just – I don't know. All the stuff they're saying, everything I've seen with, like, who's meeting where. Like, okay. I just don't think it's Apollo. I, just, I know you already did. It should be Chet, I think. But uh, I just think yeah. it's Jabari. I, I think it, it's like going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to Cheddar Jabari. From everything that Shams has said, everything that Jake Fisher has said, Jake Fisher nailed the last draft. Even called Mo Wagner going to the Magic with their second pick, and he said mm-hmm. that they gave him a promise that he would go with in the top ten. Nice. So called that yeah. one even though Orlando historically does not kind of leak these things, but people talk to agents, people talk to camps, like from Mm -hmm. everything we've heard, sounds like Jabari Smith is going to go number one, which is, look, I like Jabari as a prospect a lot. I think he's going to be a really good NBA player. It's legitimately insane to me that he's going to be the number one overall pick. Like, And it sort of happened out of nowhere. I I don't know if it was during workouts or anything that it sparked. I forget the timeline of it. It it was was back in March, March Madness. They started to talk about it. Oh, okay. That's why. Because yeah. the, the March Madness merchants of, oh my God, did you <laughs> see that dunk? And I'm like, yeah. He didn't even play that well, too. Like, he had one really good game where he couldn't miss because he's a legitimately great shooter. Like, yeah, undeniably going to be, he's going awesome. to be awesome. Like, the theory that, like, Sam Vecini, who's has him number two on his board, is like, the theory on Jabari as his upside is like that his upside is actually on the defensive end more so than the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And that like, he can become like this six ten switchable defender who's legitimately a really great defender. And then on the other side, he's just like a great play finisher. Like a guy that can like, you know, shoot off the catch can get to his spots and shoot from wherever kind of Florida, like a, yeah a less dynamic offensive version of like clay Thompson. But like, like if we're talking about like a less dynamic version, but like, you know, all things considered with Jabari, like Jabari shooting, like he's not going to be a creator at the next level, probably. No. And I think he made, he made like, I'm going to say numbers now. He made like under 15 shots off the dribble or step back threes, three pointers off the dribble. There we go. All season. And like, yeah, generally speaking, doesn't have a great handle, isn't a great athlete. So if that is the case, like the reason I bring up the clay thing is because like, I've seen people say like, well, if he's just like a taller clay, that's like a no brainer. And I'm like, I agree. That's an amazing player in the right circumstance for sure. Mm -hmm. Clay Thompson was in the greatest circumstance possible for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think that circumstance is Orlando. 
Yeah, no, right. And I'm like, they don't have like I like Franz Wagner a lot. I like some of their young prospects. They don't have the number one surefire guy yet. And maybe Franz can become that one day, but like I think you have to take take the shot on a guy like Paolo or Chet because I yeah. think they at least have some chance at becoming that. Whereas I feel like with Jabari, he's always just going to be like a, a, a good offensive player and a good defender who like mm-hmm. is a very good NBA player, but probably tops out as like a borderline all-star. And, and it, yeah, like that's it's fine. It's also like a weird philosophy pick, of like, it's a weird philosophy of like people looking at prospects. And I think Vajberg, our magic friend, yeah. tweeted this of like, players being bad at something like Jabari can't finish and he can't dribble. People are like, Oh, he has upside. He can do those things. Whereas Paulo and Chet can do all of those things. Paulo is not because he can't shoot as well. Chet is just skinny, but that they're like, Oh, that's a, a lower ceiling. Like they're already almost at their ceiling. It's like, why is that how they talk about prospects? It <laughs> like makes sense. Have, yeah. People always tie it. People always tie certain, like when people always talk about upside, they're like, oh, this guy doesn't have a lot of upside because he's not super athletic. And it's like, well, like Tyrese Halliburton isn't super athletic, but I think he has a lot of upside. He's legitimately very good at shooting and passing and help defense and things that make you a good basketball player. And I'm glad he will get better at that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that it's become more like smarter people are seeing that it's like not about how like Terrence Ross athleticism thing. Like he's not a great NBA player, but there's other players who are slower and not as like explosive, but they're way smarter. Like Halliburton's like very, very, very smart on the court, right? Defenses on offense and then playing help defense and everything. So I'm glad that's becoming like more of a, a factor in public discourse, especially. But it is weird because like Jabari's not really athletic, but there is an idea that he is. He's just tall. Yeah. Yeah. He's tall and and is powerful. Yeah. And can shoot. So like, everyone's just like oh crazy upside like i once again think he's gonna end up having a great nba career i would not take him with the first pick but let's go i think you're right like i think all things considered he's probably gonna go number one so let's put him up Mm -hmm. on the board number one um okay so okc to me this is such a no-brainer for what okc is gonna do but i need to get your opinion yeah it's chet they're taking chet it's gonna be awesome too like i i want chet but like I like the Thunder. I like their build. I hope they don't trade Dort or anything. But um, that build with just Shea and Shet and the, the Thunder have always been that team. The Thunder, the Magic, and the Bucks have always been just like the length team, just the wingspan team. And now you're going to have Chet and Shea. <laughs> you could just stand them at like the top of the key and just stretch out and no one's getting by except Shea's a bad defender. But it, it just ends. It literally just adds to the weirdness that is happening. You know, like OKC is I'm all great. for you. They're creating the weirdest team imaginable. And the one thing about the one thing about Presti is that you can never guess what he's going to do. If he, tra- if <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if Chet goes number one and he looks at Jabari and Paulo and goes, I don't love either of these guys. And mm-hmm. I really like Ivy. I'm just going to trade back to four yeah, and I'm going to get Ivy at four and get a Kings pick like, which worth its weight in fucking gold if you get a king's yeah. first round pick like <laughs> like there is that is the the world that i could see i could see presty just going off the board and getting his guy at four if chet yeah. is there at two he's taking chet like chet yeah. is the perfect guy for what we're talking about right now like mm-hmm. 
I don't, I think what he's going to end up being is kind of what people project Jabari to be in terms of like, he's going to be like an elite, elite defender and he's going to be very good on offense, but not great on offense. Like, I don't think he's he's not going to be a number one offensive guy, but they have shit. Like, I think Shea is good enough to be a number one guy on offense. If you put the right complimentary pieces around him. And I think having Giddy and Chet is a great start. I mean, yeah. more numbers. I love Shea so much. And that's because I got a picture with some, with, with him at Summer League. He, I think going into last year, midway through the season, had like all – or it was like 60% of his pull-up threes were unassisted. Yeah. And he made like 40 of them, like 40% of them. That's unbelievable. With the talent – or the people who he has around them, that's unreal. He has him equity. Yeah, absolutely. He is him. I mean, he knows he has- he's him. And he has, like, the hardest shot profile. Also dresses cool like P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has, like, I think the hardest shot profile in the NBA. Once you get – Chet will provide some spacing there. No matter who they get here, I think they're going to provide spacing if they get Paolo. I think Paolo is going to turn into a pretty decent shooter. I don't think he's going to be a great one from the yeah, jump. I don't have much worry about that. I think, J- I think Jabari's obviously going to be a great shooter. I think Chet's going to be a really good shooter at the next level. I think that – whoever they get there is going to provide that spacing for, for Shea and it's going to take up his game to the next level. Cause they have horrendous spacing right now. He's really had no help in terms of like the only other decent guys he's had are kind of in a similar mold of player to him in mm-hmm. terms of like, they need the ball. Um, I just, I, I could see, I see like Presti taking the shot on a guy like, Ch- like Chet's camp really wants to go to OKC because they think there's going to be a lot of, like, like basically no pressure and he can just yeah. build his game there and develop yeah. over time. And they don't want to win next year. They want to lose for one more year so they can have a shot at Victor Webinyaba and Scoot Henderson and the Thompson twins and all of the loaded draft next year. So I do think that uh, they'll go, they'll definitely go with Chet here if he's on the board. And then this is just the obvious one, right? We yeah. all know. Oh, yeah. Which we I all love. know. Yes. Which we- I'm- uh, what I like about the, the OKC pick and the Houston pick is that they're both just leaning into the teams that they're building. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. We're- like, the Rockets – I didn't love the Rockets before, and then my friend just was like, you need to stop, like, saying they're inefficient and just start enjoying them. And I was like, oh, yeah. You need I to take the that. ball, don't stop pill. <laughs> yep, that's basically what happened. And now I'm like – and I like Jalen, the draft. KPJ is, like, awesome. Uh, I'm eh on Shangun. Usman Garuba is – is the real big man there. Um, but yeah, they, I had to work a lot of Rockets games and it was just, sometimes it was like horrendous and I wanted yeah. to just die. Other times I was like, this team, like when they beat the Lakers late this season, that was an, or no, they lost in double overtime. They played the Lakers like tooth and nail, like full strength Lakers, an awesome game. And it was like, okay, this is like cool because it's a lot of young guys who literally just won it. <laughs> Yeah, and Jalen Green was awesome that game. I remember yes. that game. Actually. Okay, so you remember the game I'm talking about? Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, he hit that shot. Yeah, he hit that shot yes. late in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched that game. I'm a sicko. Um, and I right. remember the exact one you're talking about. But uh, so Paulo Bencaro obviously going here third. They just continue to build on this ball don't stop team. All hoopers. They got rid of Christian Wood, who was a locker room poison apparently. Yeah, who they, I don't know if he's talked about this before. But, like, when people were complaining about them, the Sixers getting rid of him, it was, like, very noted then he was a locker room problem. <laughs> yeah. And was, like, a dick. He got cut from a team in China for being a dick. Like... Yeah. At UNLV, there's clips of him, like, 
he shot like 20% from three at UNLV. And there's clips of him like in like mid transition, like demanding the ball from a guy like their point guard who shot like 37%. And the point guard passing it to him. Like, yeah, you could he, tell reluctantly. Yeah, I'm sure Luca and him are going to get along great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be fantastic. I, that yeah. sucks. I want Luca to win. <laughs> Yeah, and same here. I like Luca a lot, but uh, Luca's a bit of a hothead, so I think that's yeah. going to go but, yeah. south very quickly. But all things yeah, considered, the they only gave up one pick. Or... Yeah, yeah, love it. Ed. I love the yeah, Apollo but... Rockets fit. I'll get a but jersey. Apollo's going to be awesome. That offensively, the Rockets are going to be a lot of fun. Defensively, they're going to be a nightmare for a little bit. But you know, they'll be a fun young team. And like a while, <laughs> what's that? A little while, not a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I mean, a, a decade or so. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, I don't think Paulo is going to be a disastrous defender. I think I don't think so either. I think he, with his size and his smarts, he'll be able to figure it out at the next level. I personally have him number one on my board because I think that he'll be able to be capable on defense, and I think his offense is duty six eleven. He can handle the ball like right. a fucking no, point was, guard. We, like me and this Jack, my our friend Jack Michael. Loved him, and I started watching him when he was wherever he went to high school. Um, Odea, I think, and um, he would just look like he played on like an eight foot rim because he was so obviously yeah. bigger than the kids he was playing in in high school. But like, it just looked like he was like barely jumping to dunk. And I'm like, wait, he's moving like a guard and like a small wing. Why is he doing this? So yeah, I, he's I, crazy. I have him one too, just because I I love him. I love watching him. I think the Wish offensive. Good. Didn't play for Duke. Yeah, we shouldn't play for Duke. If Coach K is not that coach, Paul is probably a national champion. Well, the thing is, is that they bring in, like, people are already saying, like, I mean, you could argue Chet is the better basketball player right now, but mm. people are, are already like, Paulo's the best player in this class. And I'm like, and he's still 19 years old. And he yeah. has all these physical tools. And he he's not the most athletic. And his defense is, leaves a lot to be desired. But, like, Everything else I feel like is going to end up translating or getting better. Like, I think the shot yeah. will get better. I think he'll be, he'll grow as a playmaker and passer. And he's already pretty good at that. Yeah. And, and like, you have a potentially like 6'10, 6'11 guy who can handle the ball like a point guard. Like, I, to mm -hmm. me, the way that the NBA is going, it just seems like Chet and Paulo have to be number one and two just because of their skill sets and the way that the NBA is moving, like you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think if Jabari goes one, the Thunder and the Rockets are going to be just the winners of the lottery, essentially, barring some yeah. gigantic slippage from someone. But hundred percent. Also, is this going to keep up the trend of the best player going third in a draft? Like, think about the last yeah. handful of Mobley could potentially be the best player from his draft. Lamelo could yeah. potentially be the best player from his draft. Tatum, like, if you go Luka. back, uh, Luca, like, yeah, Luca went third, like, third, yeah. If, and he's definitely the best player from his class. Like, is, yeah. like, if you go back a decade, like, there are so many guys that for some reason everyone overthinks and they end up going third and then they end up being the best. So, yeah. Michael so, Jordan so, was third, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, Embiid uh, was. He was. Third? Embiid was third. No. Oh, you're third. <laughs> I'm, I'm third. telling you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, dude. Fucking RJ Barrett? No, parody. Tatum? Oh, no, is Tatum second or third? No, we already said Tatum. Tatum went third. I'm yeah. not listening to anything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now we get to our first question, which is the Sacramento Kings are on the board. 
do they trade out of this pick? They're getting a lot of offers right now. And my thing is, do teams really want to trade with the Kings? Or are they just like, let's see if we can trick them because they're stupid? I think it's a let's see if we can trick them and get <laughs> a Jaden Ivey. Right. Because like if you're like Sixer standpoint, I don't think they would do that unless they get like a get off if you if you could get off Tobias and get Jaden <laughs> Ivey. Okay. That would That's be the, amazing. Uh, we should do that or trade for Steph Curry. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know a team off the top of my head, but there has to well, be a it's team. The Wizards, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Pacers. Rumored, yeah. Like those are like the teams that are like in that six five Pacers, to yeah. eleven range that like could easily move up a few spots. And then maybe the Kings fall back and they get a guy that they like later, who I think we're gonna draft right here. Yeah. What if the, the Pacers trade for it? And you have Halliburton who is traded away from the Kings. Yep. And then I <laughs> I had this spot too. The and yes, they would be would such be a awesome. good fit too. Offensively, yeah, that team would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, Ivy definitely has that like pettiness to him too. Like Halliburton was obviously very distraught getting traded for, for sure. Sacramento. Like he wanted to build there. I feel like Ivy would have that sort of pettiness. Like, oh, you didn't want me. I'm going to destroy you every time I play you. <laughs> and 100% those two together chance. doing that. Yeah. Also, Ivy apparently <laughs> has, as, as I believe you said to me before the podcast, has not worked out for the Kings, has not spoke to the Kings, yeah. has b- basically came out in an interview today and said, you know, I guess it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I got <laughs> traded or yeah. if I got drafted by the Kings. Like, it does not seem like th- that it- it's even an option for the Kings at yeah. four to get Ivy, which is crazy to me because if you think about the history of guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. a few years ago, wouldn't work out for Memphis or give him his medicals. Steph Curry famously told the Warriors, don't draft me. Like the history Charles of this Barkley. is <laughs> like, that, yeah, exactly. That, so the Sixers wouldn't draft him. <laughs> exactly. The history yeah. of this is that like, Hey, if you think this guy is a tier one talent or a tier two talent in a four player draft, which is what Woj said, that they think it's a four-player draft, but they're also open to moving the fourth pick, then you have to draft Jaden Knighty here. I don't care about... You've already tried to move heaven and earth to build around Deer and Fox by getting rid of Halliburton. Like, it, you, if you're really doubling down on the, this dumb strategy of building <laughs> some 10 seed around Sabonis and Fox that might not even make it as the 10 seed, it's just insane to me. You have to draft yeah. Ivy here. But they will draft Keegan Murray. I think that's what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, that's the other thing. That if they don't trade it, it just sounds like it's going to be Keegan. Which They're I like Keegan. To. Some of my friends are yeah. Some of my friends are higher on him. I'm. I just don't want anyone to ever get drafted by Sacramento, and I think that would be sort of his death because he could in the right again. Like this is true for anyone in the draft. In the right, right circumstances, they could be really good. Like Keegan could be really good in the right circumstances, but it's never the case. Yeah. I also just like, I think Keegan's going to be a clearly good NBA player once again. Solid Mm -hmm. guy, can be a starter. I don't really see the upside with him. I don't really see, like, I don't think he's going to be a shot creator at the next level. I think he'll be a decent shooter, a decent defender. He's already a little bit older. He's like 22. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that his style of scoring translates to the NBA level like some of the other guys that are at the top of the board here. Like, I agree with that. So I think that his ceiling is going to be limited due to the fact that he was this, like, look, he was hyper productive. 
he's going to be mm-hmm. a good NBA player. But if I have a chance to get a superstar, I'm going with Jaden Ivey, and I'm not even thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think – like, I think Ivey will probably be more like an all-star type player if he hits his ceiling. Yeah, but, like, still a very, very good player. And there's at least a sliver of a chance that he's a superstar. And if you are the Kings, they're going to draft Keegan Murray. Apparently, the ownership ownership loves him. Uh, they, they Sabonis and Fox went out to dinner with him already. Yeah. They've met with him. Like the only other person they've talked to at this spot is Shaden Sharp, I believe. They haven't worked mm-hmm. out anyone else. Like I think they're going to draft Keegan Murray, and I think yep. that. So we're going to go Keegan Murray fourth. And I think that it's going to be a extremely stupid decision. And I we're gonna, think it is too. Yeah. So, but we're talking right. about the Kings, so that makes sense. There we go. Yeah, I don't even know what is a core of Keegan Murray, De'Aaron Fox, and Sabonis do for you. I don't know, man. That doesn't make well. You're forgetting about the goat, Davion Mitchell, in there too. True. He'll save, yes, he'll save them. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No. A six. A six four. Point, point guard uh, playing next to deer and Fox and Sabonis mm-hmm. will be great. Questionable shot too. Oh man, this is going to be wonderful. All right. Um, oh so now we're at number five and Pistons might've just been the luckiest team in the draft here, other than maybe the Rockets. Uh, mm-hmm. They get Jaden Ivy to fall to them at five and they will absolutely take Jaden Ivy if he falls Which, again, to five. Offs, like, I love that the the stupid teams are just fucking up because it's making <laughs> it's making like the teams I want to like be like the Pistons, the Rockets, the Thunder. It's making them just sort of fall into the players I want them to take, which is awesome. Ivy and Cade and Killian. amazing. And if the Pistons are in the eight and sweep six too, no, they are. I, yeah, so if you could get eight and Cade, Ivy, I like that. I'd love it. I think that would be a great young three to build off of. Mm-hmm. I think that in the Cade Ivy backcourt, it would just be ridiculous. A um, lot of skill. Ivy brings athleticism and just a pop that really balances out well with like Cade's more like just, you know, kind of smarter, pick and roll, savvy, mm-hmm. you know, also. Cade's going to be a good defender. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I would love that fit for, for them a lot. Uh, I think that apparently Ivy's mom played for the Detroit WNBA team at one point. Did not know that. And then also he, so the two teams he wants to go to are the team that's on the clock. Now the Pacers and the Pistons because of the connections that he had there. Yeah. Cause he grew up in Indiana and he had the connection yes. to uh, Detroit because of his mom, apparently. So, now we're up on the clock. Number six. I actually have, I kind of know who they're going to pick here. I want you to guess. Ooh. But I'm not you saying. Scroll down to AJ. AJ's yeah, next. Yeah. Um, so we have AJ. All right. Right now on the board, we have the best on the board, according to ESPN's thing, is Dyson Daniel, Shaden Sharp, Benedict Maturin, uh, AJ Griffin, Jalen Duran, Johnny Davis, Usman Dang. Who do you think? Malachi Bronham. Who do you think they're going to go with at six? Hmm. And you know it. I, I have a, I, I have a hunch. Think, okay, okay. But I, I, I was I was told, and I and then a, a report kind of confirmed it. So I'm trying to think like you, if someone were to tell me, Trill Bro, dude, who the paces were taking, is it Shaden? It's not. I you know Shaden Shaden is the mystery guy that everyone yeah. keeps talking about. You know, all he has is these like EYBL tapes and these high school mm-hmm. tapes, which are just kind of like. 
I'm not really sure what to make of him. Super, uh, yeah, no one. Or like, yeah, I don't really uh, know either. He's a mystery box guy. Like, no one really knows. I don't think Indiana's going to take that much of an upside swing because they don't generally take those massive upside swings. Indiana. Yeah, they're um, going to they're going to draft Benedict Matern. That so, would not have been who I was. Okay. So yeah, so they will be taking Matern. Is is uh, I was someone had mentioned this and uh, Jake Fisher confirmed it the next day that they were interested in him. Uh, so I'm fairly certain that they are going to take Matern there. Um, okay. And we'll see. I mean, I, I, I know that I like Mathern a lot. Like, I think that he, I went from being like a skeptic of his because he kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, ah, maybe he's just like a really athletic guy, but like he has shooting upside. Mm-hmm. I think that, he, I think that the on ball stuff could get better. And if you add the fact in that he's like a really good athlete on top of that, like he really does have like, of outside of the top four guys in this class, I think that if you're just saying on like a true, just like makes an all-star team, I think he's mm-hmm. got to be up there with some of the other guys that are like, like one of the top two or three in that category of like has potential to be an all-star at yeah. some point. One of my and, very smart draft friends, not to ruin him for you, but he was like, yeah, uh, Benedict's kind of just Josh Jackson. And now yeah, I, I've I heard some people. Yeah. Every time I watch him, I can't unsee it. And I'm like, ah, damn it. So I, liked him. He's I, I was uh, kind of in the same boat when I watched him before. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize how the shooting is good. And the shooting will mm-hmm. get better in theory. And, like, he can be a little bit of a dynamic shooter, too. So, like, if any of that stuff translates, I think at worst you're going to get, like, a starter-level player. Mm-hmm. And I think at best, like possibly all-star upside but we'll see okay. I, yeah. I i like him a lot uh, he's grown on me over time i've kind of had the opposite effect uh that, okay. you, that you did yeah so we'll see maybe maybe i'm totally off on that but um okay so now we're up at pick seven the blazers are they gonna keep this pick i don't think they will i think i, I feel like you're more tuned into the blazers than me i have not heard if they were gonna trade it or not but i also don't know who the hell they would take with this so I think they're going to trade the pick. I don't know who they're going to trade it to, but let's just say they trade the pick to. Hmm. Was that one of the ones the Thunder were interested in? It was like yeah. Dort and twelve. What do they have? So Dort yeah, and twelve the, for Dort and twelve was the rumor that they would. So so they move up to the Thunder move up from twelve. They give up Lou Dort in the process because right now they have. Trey Mann, they have Josh Giddy, they have Shea Gildas Alexander. If they moved up, they could potentially get Shaden Sharp here. So my prediction is I think the Blazers do trade out. I think they get Dort and 12. I'm just mm-hmm. this is a rumor that was thrown out there. I don't maybe yeah, maybe yeah. the Thunder don't want to do this, but like my prediction is they move up, they get Dort and 12, and then they get they flip twelve to the Pistons for Jeremy Grant. Interesting. So then they get Dort and they get uh, Dort and Grant Dort out and of Grant. the seventh wow. pick. Two guys in my header. I don't know how I feel about that. And they have but, Keon Johnson and Greg Brown. They've been connected <laughs> more, more to JR guys. Yeah, they they've been connected to Jeremy Grant for since the before the trade deadline. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I think that if if Jeremy Grant is going anywhere this offseason, if it's not, it's it's going to be John Collins or Jeremy Grant going to the Blazers, if not both of them somehow. <laughs> so I do think that I'm just going to take Shaden Sharp here because I think okay. that's what's going to happen. Yep. There's also a possibility that the Hawks could try to trade John Collins for this pick and take Dyson Daniels, who they okay. apparently really like. But I'm just going to go with – I can't trade picks on here, but I'm just going to go with what I think is going to happen there. Yeah. And – Okay. Right. So now we're going to – we are at the New Orleans Pelicans. The New yeah. Orleans Pelicans are on the clock at number eight. I haven't seen anything with them because I'm not – I haven't seen anything either, Twitter. to be honest. All right, so let's put on our tinfoil hats then. Okay, so feel like... what do they need? Because right now they have their core is Brandon Ingram, maybe Zion Williamson if he ever, <laughs> if he ever plays yeah. basketball again. CJ McC- McCollum, Valanchunas, yeah. Yeah. Herb, Jones. Herb Jones. Those are like the five guys that they're building around right now. And... I think right, that the they're going to keep Larry Nance, and I think yeah. that they're going to keep Trey Murphy because I think they like Trey yeah. Murphy a lot. But other than that, I don't know who's going to be on this roster. Yeah. Kira Lewis tours ACL. Who knows what's going on with him? Yeah. They'll probably try to move on from Devontae Graham now that they have C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. So who and do because you... he's Devontae Graham. Yeah, right, exactly. So who do you see here out of this group that you could say – all right, they would be a great fit on the Pelicans with I think they need defense. Cuz mm-hmm. I think everyone they have now is an offensive guy except for yeah. Herb Jones. Yeah. I would like AJ Griffin here, I think. Okay. You could That's also cool. I just thought of this too. You could also get the uh Hey Zion, we got the Duke Brotherhood here. Now you have to stay with him and Ingram. Yeah, I I well, yeah, I mean, another just bringing in another Duke guy. Let's just run in. So, do you think there's any chance that they just take Sohan? They just go after Jeremy Sohan? Interesting. Um, I think there is a chance that they just go, we need more defense. And Sohan, of all the guys up here, it's like Dyson Daniels, Jalen Duren. If you're going defense, it's Sohan, Duren, or Dyson Daniels. Yeah. Off- and I don't think they'll take Jalen. Eight- just because they have Valanciunas. And A.J. Griffin is more, for now at least, Yeah, yeah, is way more offensively focused. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that Dyson Daniels gets past this spot. I think it's going to be I need Dyson. someone to explain Dyson Daniels to me because I didn't watch a ton of this stuff. And neither did I. I can't really speak but, too much on him, but I know a lot of people were very high on him. Pick and roll yeah. ball handler, six foot six. Really good defender. The only questionable thing is the shot, but a lot of people think it's going to come around. Okay. I mean, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the pitch on him. So, you uh, know, Jonah Bolden's agent also represents him. So, oh well, there you go. Who unfollowed me on Twitter because I was posting pro Palestine stuff. Oh man, well, (laughs) Jonah Bolden's agent or Jonah Bolden? (laughs) Jonah Bolden's agent. I don't know if Jonah still follows me. He uses Twitter anymore. That's so uh, funny. That's absolutely hysterical. All right. Uh, so we have uh Dice. All right. So Dyson Daniels. Dyson, yeah. Jonah still follows me. I just checked. Okay, cool. Good to know. Glad. I mean, it, just don't post and don't post anti-crypto stuff and he'll uh he'll, oh he'll, my God, he'll yeah. stay following you. All right. Yeah. So uh let's draft Dyson Daniels. Dyson. Here, I think. Okay. Yeah. 
I just think that he's not going to get past eight. I don't, maybe the Pelicans trade out. I think that AJ Griffin is falling right now from everything that I've heard. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's going to fall out of the top 10 for whatever reason. I think he's a pretty good prospect. I don't really get it. Very good. Yeah. Um, so now we are at the. I have a, I have a good hunch with one here. Spurs. All right. What is your yeah. hunch? I think it's Jalen Duran. Okay. Why did? Why would they like? Durin. So talk a little. You love Duran. So talk a little bit why you love Duran. Because I think he's very good. I think he's like solid. But like, mm-hmm. what's what's like the appeal of of Jalen Duran? Like, what's the upside there? He's just sort of that. Well, he's a Philly guy first of all, which is why I have to support him. Is um, he? Yeah, he's Roman Catholic, I believe. I literally, how did I not know this? I didn't know. I was sort of low on him, not low, but like I was on him. And then one of my friends would go, he's a Philly guy. I'm like, all right, he's another one. Oh, there we go. Yeah, um, he went to Roman Catholic. Holy shit. Yeah. He is just sort of like a monster of sorts. I don't like using that word with prospects, but like he just has like the violent physicality and like the violent like explosiveness that like the Spurs, I feel like of all people could harness pretty well. Uh, he's a great lot. Like the catch radius is insane. Like he has the longest fucking arms I've ever seen. Uh, really good defender. Obviously, he's really strong. Um, there's the the viral clip of him just like destroying Chet in the post, just backing Chet down. Yeah. And Chet, who you know is skinny but not a bad defender at all. Um, I I just really like Jalen. He's just seems like he has that kind of <laughs> no numbers here. He has that kind of it factor that I feel like he would kind of imposes will on people that I feel like the Spurs would kind of mold really well. So I've seen Robert Williams comps get thrown around out there. I've seen kind of like people might think that he has a little bit more offensive juice than Robert Williams. Mm -hmm. If he is that mold of player, incredibly useful in the modern NBA. Like I think that that, and it's a surefire top 10 pick if if he becomes what we think he can become there. So yeah, with nine, I, I would either have went with, I, I picked, I picked Duran there. Cause I, I like that pick for them, mm-hmm. but I would have went with, I think they're either going to go with du, like a Duran type or a so, Jeremy Sohan. Like I think Sohan mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. They are kind of, you know, defensively defensive minded, a yeah. big wing. They love to mold these guys who can't shoot into players. And then yeah. the other guy that I think if they just went completely off the board and they just said, Hey, we're going to do what we did with Josh Primo last yeah, year. Where we don't exactly. care about, con- we don't care about consensus. All we care about is getting the guy that we want. Which is horrible process on draft night. Just trade sure. down. Exactly. The Suns did this. The Spurs do this. Yeah. So if they do, this is magic Bagberg or now Jesp Bagberg had tweeted or I'm sorry, had DM'd me that he thinks that they're going to go with Jalen Williams at number nine. Which one? <laughs> Come on. The one that Jalen with an E who yeah, I just is to say the guy who's been rising up draft boards who killed it at the combine. He's like Primo killed it at the combine last year. They always get someone who kills it at the combine. He's been rising. You've been hearing he's going to go in the lottery. Like, yeah. Which it, feels like such an unspurs thing to do of like combine merchant. Right. But like, they, like they love yeah. him. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I, I, I tend to think that at that ninth pick, they're either going to go, I think they're going to go with like a Duran or so hand, like a defensive minded guy mm-hmm. that has, that has some, some decent upside. Uh, okay. So number 10, I have a hunch who's going to go here too. I have a hunch just because like wizards, I think it's yes. Johnny Davis. Yes. No, you're yeah. 100% spot on. So yeah. 
Johnny Davis, they've already said they're interested in Ivy. I think the three guys that they got connected to are Ivy, Dyson Daniels, and Johnny Davis. They liked all three of those guys. And if they get to 10, and also they want to trade for Malcolm Brogdon, apparently, they just really want a second guard to put with Bradley Beal. I think Johnny Davis will be a nice complimentary guard. I'm not as high as him on some people as some people are. I think that if the shooting is like as good as it looked in some of these warm-up clips, then he's going to be a very good, useful player at the next level. I think, I think that, uh, you know, some people will have him as high as like seven on their board. I would have him a little bit lower and I'd probably have him back end of the lottery, but forget where I have him. Exactly. I have him. Yeah. Back end lottery. He's going to be good. He's fine. He's a fine pick at number 10. Like, he's solid. Um, it's a wizard's pick. It's a wizard's pick. Exactly. Yeah. It's a safe It's a safe pick. Uh, okay. So, now we are at number 11. The New York Knicks are on the clock. We have AJ Griffin on the board. We have Usman Dang. We have Malachi Branham. We have Mark Williams. We have Jeremy Sohan. Ochai Abaji. We have uh, Tari Eason. Who do you think that they go with here? Hmm. They did work out Tari, apparently. Yeah, it did. I don't know. I kind of like... I can see them taking AJ. I think they're going to take AJ. It sounds like AJ is going to fall... They said that he might fall out of the lottery, but I think the Knicks really want him. Yeah. He also just seems like a guy they could market. Oh, he's the Duke shooter. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's see. What's his agent? Let's see. Who's his agent? Are we gonna do the CIA thing? CIA thing. Yeah. He, oh, he's rep, he's rep by the CIA. Daryl Morey's gonna love him. Uh, <laughs> nah, he's just some random thing. It's not okay. CIA. I don't know who the CIA guys are, but if they do draft another CIA guy or a, a mm-hmm. Kentucky guy, like they reach on tie tie or something, that would mm-hmm. be absolutely hysterical if they just continue to do that. Um, all right, so Thunder... now, uh, I feel like there's a pretty obvious one here, right? Oh, is it Jeremy? I think so. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? You think they're going to yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's good. Are we drafting under the assumption that that trade happened and they gave up Dort? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then I think so. Hand for sure. Okay. Oh, would they? Yeah. Oh no, they moved up and they got Shaden Sharp. So this is the Pistons. This is the Blaze or the, the Pistons. Pistons? They traded it okay, for Jeremy yeah. Grant. Remember? Okay. So now yeah. we got to go. Pistons get the twelfth pick. I forgot Pistons. about that part. Shit. Thank you for yeah. reminding me. Uh, so we have the Pistons who got Jaden Ivey earlier. They have Cade Cunningham. They have Sadiq Bay, and that's kind of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have some other guys, but like, I'm not crazy about any of their. Oh, other I have guys. not been able to say this in a public forum yet. Fuck Luca Garza. I hate him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you pretty go. strongly about the second round pick who yeah, never ever I, plays. I, no, he, he could... does, and it drives me fucking insane. Does he play? He did a little bit. It's also because my friends well, were, love him because I were, hate him. They were tanking too, to be fair. Yeah, that, that's fair. But I, oh, I fucking hate that dude. All right, so twelfth pick. Who, okay, who, yeah, who, who do you think the Pistons would go with here? They have hmm. the they have their backcourt set for sure. Yeah. Mm. Have they? Who's their starting? Or Isaiah Isaiah Stewart? Maybe yeah. they get Aiden, Eaton, but that's that's not a yeah. guarantee. You think they could go with like a Mark Williams or? I feel like they're going to take Malachi Branham just because it makes no sense. <laughs> but they already like, have. Like, if they already have Ivy and Cade, 
that, that's why it doesn't make any sense. Like the Pistons have to do one stupid thing. And if they're going to luck into Ivy, then it's going to be even stupider. Well, they've done a pretty good job in the draft the past few years. They got, obviously they had the number one pick last year, so Kate yeah, was Kate easy. But the yeah, year I guess before, Sadiq. Sadiq Bay. Uh, I mean, Isaiah Stewart, all things considered, is like a rotation level big. Like, yeah, he's the one that a lot of people were like, I'd quit working in the draft if I had to scout him because he, in college, couldn't jump, couldn't really do anything. And then at the Pistons, he could immediately jump, and it was just sort of this like animal. Yeah, kind of weird. Like, he's actually yeah. like a pretty good player. Yeah. Uh, but so maybe I'm giving the Pistons too much, too much crap. Maybe yeah. they will be smart. And if they're smart, I like Troy Weaver. I think he's a decent GM. Like, I think he does yeah. some smart things. This is uh, this going to be Jeremy, you think? Um, yeah, let's go with Jeremy Shaw. So you get rid of Jeremy Grant to get Jeremy Sohan. You get another Jeremy in. And even if the Thunder keep this pick, I think they're going to take Sohan. So yeah. either way, I think that the, the way that yeah. the board shakes out here is fine. Uh, and, and then I feel we, like because Sohan's like kind of a psycho too. Like he will buy into any culture. So 100%. I feel like the Pistons or the Thunder would be a great spot for him. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we have we have the Charlotte Hornets are on the clock. We have two more picks here. We're only picking the lottery. So we got 13 yeah. and 14. Who do you think that I think that this is a pretty obvious one, right? They need well, I don't know. They need they, a big. They need a big. There's one yeah. big on the board. He's a defensive Mark, yeah. big rim protector. And a good lob catcher. Yeah. Rob, I think they're going to take, I think they'll take Mark Williams here. Yeah. They do have Kai Jones in the G League, who I love. But but yeah, if if we want to have uh, non mixtape highlight players, then we can get Mark Williams. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) All right. Cleveland is on the board at 14. All right. Keep in mind, Charlotte has two picks. They have 13 and 15. Uh, I, I believe they got 15 for. Devonte Graham in a sign-in trade somehow, which is wild wow. to me from the Michael New Orleans Jordan. Pelicans. Yeah, I, ama- amazing fleecing there. But um, so now we have the Cleveland Cavaliers in the clock. Usman Dang is the best one on the board right now in terms of ranking. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll. I I think they like him. Malachi Branham's also on the board. Ochai Abaji, Tari Eason. Out of this group, I, I feel like the Ohio State guy, I feel like they got to go with Malachi Branham, right? You think so? I think, I was going to say, I think Tari I like, makes the most sense. Yeah, like, oh, for, for sure. Me, but, yeah. For what they need, Tari Eason should be the pick here. Like, for yeah. just to have, like, a defensive wing who yeah. – the only issue with them is that they need shooting. Like, yeah, it's true. They, they like if they, especially if they move on from Kevin Love, it's like Darius Garland and a bunch of non shooters, basically. Like, Lori slander. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, exactly my point. Fire. This is all, I'm holding this in for too long. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess Malik. How old is Malachi a little older or is he young? I forget. No, he's young. He's 19. He's, okay. uh, basically what you want Karis Levert to be, but he, but Karis Levert isn't. Uh, he's, I, I think Malachi Branham is going to be really good. Okay. I like him a lot. I, I, I'm high on Malachi Branham. I, I, I think I would have him as a top 10 prospect in this draft. Lock it in then. Yeah. Let's so get Malachi. Let's go Malachi Branham. And then we'll do one extra bonus pick. Oh, we only did shit, but we'll do a oh. bonus pick. Do we just, do we, with Charlotte in the 15th pick, do we just take Tari there and just yeah, say, for fun. Yeah. yeah, let's just take Tari because that would be a lot yeah. of fun to, 
Atari's being slept on. I have him as a top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. But the final results, we have Jabari Smith 1, Chet Holmgren 2, Paolo Bencaro 3, Keegan Murray 4, Jaden Ivey 5, Benedict Maturin 6, Shaden Sharp 7, Dyson Daniels 8, Jalen Duran 10, or I'm sorry, 9, uh, Johnny Davis 10, AJ Griffin, Jeremy Shohan, Mark Williams, and Malachi Branham. So... I the only guys that I think that would probably go in the lottery that we didn't draft that maybe one of these guys falls out is uh Usman Dang, who a yeah. lot of people he seems to be flying up draft boards right now. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he could be the guy that ends up going higher than expected. He he started really shitty in uh in his uh Wherever he played, I can't remember. He played in New Zealand or, or Australia the, or something. The Breakers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he started really shitty, and he turned it around and got better. So he's another one of these high upside prospect, uh, foreign prospects that uh, is going to be out there this year. So I just want to say, let's just run through some guys for the Sixers that okay. I have not really discussed on the pod yet, which are. This is how we're going to wrap it up. We have Ty Ty Washington, Kennedy Chandler, Dalen Terry, Kendall Brown, and David Roddy. So they brought in Kendall Brown for a workout. They also brought in Jaden Hardy, who it seems like they've been connected to a lot. And I would like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Maury bill. Fits the Maury bill. He's a hooper. He was a high, high prospect like Bassey and Maxi and Springer, like kind of in that mold, mm-hmm. like fell down boards, whatever could be a guy that has some upside and Maury likes at the end of the first. I wouldn't be shocked, but we just need players. So I'm not really worried too much about like, we need a wing. Like if there are no good wings on the board, don't take a wing. But mm-hmm. we have Ty Ty Washington. So do you know much about Ty Ty? I like Ty Ty just because he's a yeah. fun name too. Um, Cause you could do Ty Ty and Tyrese and you could do a triple tie. Yeah, and um, they're both Kentucky guys, both Kentucky, the brotherhood, the blue bloods, um, He's a good pick and roll operator. He just seems to kind of get it in terms of basketball. He's not going to like do anything, at least at this point, do anything like insane. Like Maxi sort of has the floater game and just the unbelievable flexibility in the air. Ty Ty is just more of just like a smart, solid player from what I know. Yep. Um, I'd take him if you fell. Yeah. I think he's in my top tier now, along with if Tari Eason, it's Tari Eason, Jalen Williams, Jaden Hardy. And Ty Ty Washington are my four. Oh, and EJ Liddell, five are the five guys that mm-hmm. if they're there at twenty three, just take them. Figure out the rest later. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a severe drop off. Dalen Terry is in my second tier of guys that I feel like I feel like if Dalen Terry gets drafted by the Spurs or the Grizzlies, he's going to have a great career, and everyone's going to go, "Why didn't we draft that guy?" Because they said in workouts, mm-hmm. the biggest question about Dalen Terry, like. He's a dog. He's a hustler. He's a good passer. He hustles for rebounds. He's a he's a pretty good defender. He's not he's kind of athletic. He's not super athletic. He is a guy that has been shooting up draft boards and everyone seems he's kind of like a darling that has kind of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he is someone that concerns me because he only averaged like 8 points a game in college. He was primarily a role player. And ultimately, I worry about the offensive game 
translating. But in workouts, apparently he has shot the ball really well and they're not worried about his thing. And if the shot's real, then everything falls into place for his game. He's a mm-hmm. really good passer, good defender, good at all of the things that you want except for shooting. And the Sixers just have a history of never developing these guys. Oh, yeah. Which is what which is why no, I'm ever. just like I'm out I'm almost out on Dalen Terry because of this. Yeah. Like you have Isaiah Joe who's good. Like he's legitimately good. And that was an insane pick that they leaked it and then got him there. And they just haven't given him any favors. Paul Reed's good. Uh Jaden Springer's really good. And they're he's just not gonna succeed with the Sixers. I think it was you who said Maxi developed himself. He like, did, yeah. It just wasn't this it was Christian him and Chris Johnson just did it themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like they aren't going to probably shouldn't take him either for both sides just because they're not going to do him any favors and he's going to rot, which should never happen to a young player. Exactly. And that's how I feel about Kendall Brown too, who like, I actually think Kendall Brown would be a good wing, like on one of those teams that develops guys. The one thing I will say that I have heard about Dalen Terry is that he is like a crazy competitor worker. So maybe he is the guy that is like Maxi, where he just develops himself and like and Maxi will just like never leave the gym together. There you go. They'll just like they'll like fucking move in. They'll they'll like have a uh fucking bunk bed up in the <laughs> locker room. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. I and then Doc will yell at them for working out and be like, "Oh, what are you? What, why are you working <laughs> out was, so that much?" Was your Doc impression. <laughs> He's a cranky old man. Yeah, you need to get the raspy voice down. Um, yeah, it sucks because the Sixers scouting team seems to have a pretty good sense of what they're doing, and they development team, I think that's a separate thing, and the coaching staffs just aren't on the same page. No, they're just Which like, sucks. we're not, we're not going to invest literally anything in these players. We have no plans for them. We're just kind of going to, you know, bring in talent and not use them at all. So yep. I will say about – like Kendall Brown and Dale and Terry, I'd love them for other teams. I don't like them for the Sixers. Yeah. But if they drafted them, I'd talk myself into them because that's what I always oh, do. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did with like Springer. It was so obvious he wasn't going to play at all this year. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, he's good. Like, he's, Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Like, he was like a tier. He was like set fifth or sixth, I think, on my board last year. Like, it was Maxi 2.0, but they just refused to play him. Yeah, and we'll see if he can crack the rotation next year. He needs the jumper needs to get better. If the jumper's good next year, he'll be in the rotation, and I don't have to worry about him. But my whole thing is like, if you draft Kendall Brown, Springer has to play next year. You can't keep wasting spots on projects. Like you can't yeah. keep wasting on guys that you're not never going to develop. Like other teams just yeah, and just that's do. sort of the point of like, like being later in the lottery, like or not in the lottery, being later in the first round, like you should be picking these more like play ready guys. Right. Like Maxi fell to you, you have to take Maxi. Springer fell to you, I think you sort of have to take Springer. But right. here, if you don't like any of the kind of project guys, trade back, trade the pick, take a play now player. So For you sure. can just sort of plug and play instead of, you know, having Doc just destroy these kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like, uh, so of all these guys, I like my two favorite out of this group are, Ty Ty, who, like you said, like I saw some mid range and floater numbers on this guy, especially before he got hurt. He was like yeah. the like fifty nine percent from eight to sixteen feet. He was his floater game. He was shooting fifty seven percent on floaters at one point this season. He is he has ridiculous touch. I think he's just going to be a really good complimentary guard. Like he would be yeah. a great third guard to have on this team, and he's also. Mm-hmm 
a little bit older. He was a freshman, one and done, but he's already 20. He's he, he, at some point in his rookie season, he's going to turn 21. So, like, yeah. if, Doc, if Doc is willing to play someone that's a little bit older, like, Sprayer was, like, literally turned 19, like, around yeah, the time of the draft. Second or third youngest in the draft behind Primo and Giddy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's the, – the, like, Kendall Brown's super young. Dalen Terry's a little bit older. He's, like, 20. But I think that you got to pick, like, one of those, like, EJ Liddell – one of those guys that you could just play pretty much right away. That's like 22 and doc might actually play them because they're a little bit older. Yeah. But uh, the other two guys that I just want to touch on real quick that were on this list are Kennedy Chandler. Do you know much, much about Kennedy Chandler? Because I don't, unfortunately, like I know he's good. I know he'd be solid. Yeah. Yeah. So Kennedy Chandler is another guy. One and done was a high recruit. It feels like all of the guards in this class, have that were like Ty Ty was projected to be a lottery pick. Kennedy Chandler was projected to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Hardy, they've all kind of fell into this twenties range. So these are kind of more like, do you believe in the pedigree? Do you believe in like what they were yeah. before last year? Which um, is also what uh, the maxi philosophy of, of course. Yeah, Sane exactly. High school had all the clips there, but just sort of stunk at Kentucky, not stunk, but right. like underperformed at Kentucky. Kennedy so. Chandler kind of reminds me not he's nothing like this player they're very different stylistically but it kind of reminds me of sharif cooper from last year where mm-hmm. like if he was three inches taller this guy is like legitimately really good but because yeah. of the fact that he is like six foot he's six foot mm-hmm. nothing and like in the modern nba and a lot of people have expressed these concerns like he's a good defender apparently I don't. I haven't watched any of the defense because I don't watch defensive highlights unless they're defensive guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna watch. Fucking. What am I gonna go no, watch? Fucking Malachi Branham's defense. Like he'll be fine. No, I'll figure it out. I don't blame you. So <laughs> that's when uh, I listen to my smarter friends. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, he's apparently a very good pick and roll operator. Apparently, a very good, smart player can shoot off the dribble. He is. He has everything to play in the NBA but he's six foot. So like yeah. his ceiling is probably backup point guard, maybe starting point guard in the right situation for him. Uh, just in the modern NBA, it's really hard to do that. Be six foot yeah. and do whatever. But like, he is clearly a very good talented player. And if it was a little bit bigger would be, would be going much higher than he currently mm-hmm. is. And then the last guy I want to talk about is someone that I genuinely just believe I get shit. Uh, draft Twitter comes at me for this. When I say this, I just think David Roddy's an NBA player. Like, have you watched David Roddy? I have, yeah. He's uh, like, I like him. I don't know if he's going to be great. He also doesn't fit my mold of uh, fat phobia for the Sixers. Because it's true, he is he's thick. Chunker. He's a thick boy. Yeah, yeah he's he is a he's a plumper for sure. He is yeah. he's kind of in a pj tucker but like he's like a short stout but like i said he looks like a linebacker when he's yeah. playing but he apparently did play football at one point um but i just think like I, I the more i watch the guy the more i'm just like he's he does all of the role player things that you want a guy to do he's a really smart passer mm-hmm. keeps the ball moving he fights for rebounds he does role player things, but he was also a star in college. So yeah. like he has like a little bit of explosiveness off the dribble for someone his size. He's actually like the numbers don't show it because his free throw numbers aren't great. 
fuck the numbers. And his, but his three-point shooting numbers are really good. And, mm-hmm. like, if you watch him, like, he makes tough shots. Like, I just feel like David Roddy is, like, going to be an NBA player. And he might get drafted in the 30s. But, like, if the Sixers move back, mm-hmm. he's definitely a target, I will say. I just... He's the one guy that, like, of the second-round picks that I'm just, like, I buy the talent. And, like, the only thing that's going to hold him back is, like, he might just not... I mean, like, he's just such a weird kind of player that he Mm -hmm. might just not, like, teams might not buy into him and develop him because of the way that he looks. (laughs) Like, he doesn't, (laughs) like... Like, like someone said, like, with... uh, Body and it's shaming. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if... It's someone said on the the mock draft... uh, thing we did like if you gave kenneth lofton jr someone else's body in the draft you would be like oh he's a lottery pick like if you just gave david roddy kendall browns or marjan bochamp or some of the wings that are going in this range if you just said that was them david roddy would be a top 20 pick surefire 100 chance probably yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying no more body shaming Oh, I'm pro body shaming. <laughs> no. That's my not, stance. I, I spent no. a year in hiding just to come out as pro body shaming. All right. So <laughs> No, you're you're gonna get canceled after this podcast, but only yeah, for the no, Sixers, okay. you need to say. You need to oh, say Oh yeah, no. Okay, that was yeah. Okay. Generally speaking, yeah. we're not great. Now not we're fat. gonna get clipped. I'm gonna get clipped. <laughs> gonna be, I am pro fat phobia. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, we, we are not pro fat phobia on the You Know Ball podcast, folks. Um, so I need you to guess who they're going to draft at 23. I think it's Jaden Hardy. Okay. Honestly, I think it's Jaden Hardy, too. I think that he's going like to fall. It. I think that if a team that is in the lotter- late lottery to mid-teens doesn't take a shot on Jaden Hardy's upside, mm-hmm. I think Maury's going to say he's just too good to pass on. Like, he's like... Yeah. Like he's a bucket and a problem, and th- there is a market inefficiency for buckets and problems in the NBA. Yeah. And we... they're getting they're getting over. <laughs> Maybe that's what Maury's doing. Maybe Maury thinks the inefficiency is fat guys, <laughs> and he's trying to do it, but it's not working yet. S- slow, unathletic, big dudes. That's what we need. Yeah. We need more. Like, we nobody need... want them. <laughs> we need such great deals. We need George Niang. We need. Jake LaRavia at the end of the first. No, Jake LaRavia is actually not. He's actually kind yeah. of athletic. He just, yeah. he look he looks like he's unathletic because he's a frumpy white dude. But, uh, okay, so draft is on Thursday. Kevin, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Of course. We went thank you for on this one. My cat is getting mad at me because I'm not, I have not fed him yet. Um, but he is here. What's up, Dewey? But thanks for having me, bud. Uh, you can follow Kevin at the Kevin Rice on Twitter, you can follow him for his TKR guys every year during the draft. By the way, you didn't even say your TKR guys. You got to say who your four TKR guys are this year. Yeah, it's a short list this year. Paula, just because I love him and have loved him. J.D. Davison from Alabama because he has gigantic hair, is like six feet tall, can jump out of the gym, and almost did the Aaron Gordon under the legs dunk contest dunk in a game a bunch of times. He hasn't hit it yet, but he will. Uh, Quinton Jackson on AM just because I saw two plays in the SEC tournament and was like, this guy's amazing. I love him. <laughs> and he can score. Um, and Jalen Duran because Philly guy. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, bud. Peace. Bye, Drew. <laughs>